We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You guys know where to follow me, so I don't really need to plug that part anymore. I just plug. Make sure you follow us on YouTube or subscribe to the Seahawks YouTube channel or Seahawks Man to Man YouTube channel. That's where we're trying to get this bread these days. So in addition to the audio part, do the YouTube thing too. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's CKID206. We are back uh, with our midweek episode as we preview the Seahawks' upcoming game. We took a little bit of a break from having beat writers on because the Seahawks were playing teams that no one really cares about that much. That is no longer the case as they are playing the Packers on Sunday. And to talk about the fighting Aaron Rodgers this week, we have the homie Matt Schneidman. He covers the Packers for The Athletic. What up, man? How you doing? How you guys doing? Just, you know, calm, no news over here. Just enjoying <laughs> my last couple of weeks. Yeah, man, real busy over there. Uh, I mean, you were busy when they had just they lost all their receivers for a game, and then Rasul Douglas comes out of nowhere. Rasul, he's still in the the league. Douglas, (laughs) I didn't know he was still in the league. Every (laughs) once in a while, I learn a guy is in the league. I learned like Kevin White still in the league. Watching like, yeah, yeah, I don't know which team he's on, but I remember learning that he's still in the league. Rasul was one of those. And then you get the Aaron Rodgers news, man. Have you been able to sleep with all this news? Not really. I mean, my body's still in shambles because for some reason I decided to take a 5 a.m. flight out of Kansas City on oh. Monday morning. Oh. So my body takes like three days to get used to that. I really don't know why I did that, but <laughs> um, it's all right. And now we have this, you know, this might, when this show comes out, Odell Beckham Jr. could be playing for one of the teams we cover. So now there's that. So, it, you know, I'll never complain because the more news, you know, the more relevant the team we cover in, the the more likely it is I keep my job. So I won't yeah. I won't complain. I told people all this offseason, Russ is good for business. I hope yes. he never leaves. Aaron Rodgers is great for business. <laughs> exactly. But let's go big picture though that, uh, in that regard. Cause I thought that both of our off seasons were very interesting. Um, and that both of the quarterbacks that we cover basically let the organization know like I'm kind of running the ship here, or at least I'd like to be. Mm-hmm. Whether you know, however you want to interpret that, but they both kind of wielded their power a little bit. We talked for at nauseum about what that was like for us, but what was that like for you covering an offseason where Rogers uh kind of kind of stepped to the Packers a little bit and it and made headlines for reasons that don't really have to do with football? Yeah, it had been simmering below the surface for a while, longer than I had even initially realized. And if you go back and listen to some of the stuff he said last year, you could kind of tell. Um, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, their offensive coordinator interviewed for the Falcons head coaching job in the middle of last season. And Aaron Rodgers was asked if he thinks Hackett is ready for a head coaching job. And Rodgers basically said, Oh, you know, praised him and everything. He loves Hackett. And then said, I hope he doesn't go anywhere unless I do. And, you know, he took the jab at the front office for letting go of Jake Kumro, who was their fourth wide receiver in camp last year, released him. Then the bills picked him up. Um, Middle of the season, I think it was, he was asked about another guy on the team 
And he was like, I'm not going to talk about him because last time I, you know, went to bat for a guy, he ended up in Buffalo. So there was some <laughs> kind of subtle jabs. And ultimately what it came down to, as Roger said in that long opening uh, press conference and training camp, is he wanted just to be included more say, uh, more of a voice in personnel decisions that directly affect his job. And that's why Randall Cobb is here. Um, Rogers and Randall Cobb are best friends played together for eight years and, and Rogers felt like he needed a true slot receiver. And that was kind of the first one that we saw up until this point, first eight, nine weeks of the season, Rogers has said, you know, conversations have been much better. Uh, there seems to be more transparency. He's gone out of his way to praise the front office multiple times, which I don't remember him doing in years past. So it seems like things are smoothed out now. Uh, so we'll see what that means for the future. You did mention the praise of the front office. Is there a part of Aaron Rodgers that says maybe if things, let's say they make it to the Super Bowl, regardless if they win or lose, does that create an environment where Aaron's like, you know what, they pretty much did whatever I said, and I we got this far, maybe I would return for a year or two. Or do you think he's just you know, making up for what he's done in the past, just trying to go out on a positive side of things? That's a great question. I, I think he's going to be back, mostly because – as far as we know, he does not get to choose where he's traded to mm-hmm. um, if they do agree to trade him. Packers would trade him to some junk team like the Broncos probably. <laughs> and he, he knows his best chance to win is here in Green Bay out of any of the teams that he could hypothetically be traded to. Add in the fact that it seems he and the front office are on uh, better speaking terms, if that's the way to put it. And – I think if they get past the NFC championship game this year, which obviously they haven't been able to do the last two years, that could probably make him want to come back more. Now, the big thing is what happens with Devontae Adams. He's Mm. in the last year of his contract. Um, Before this season, the Packers did not want to make him the highest paid receiver in the league in average annual value because, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is making a wild amount of money technically in, in average annual value. It's like 27 and a quarter or something like that. And, Devontae said he's not going to take anything less than highest paid receiver money, even if it means, you know, I asked him before the season, I said, would you consider maybe taking less than highest paid receiver money if it means you stay here with Aaron? And he said, no, I'm going to be the highest paid receiver <laughs> in the league on my next deal. And I respect that. Yeah, he said, me too. That was just funny. <laughs> he said, and Devontae, like, if you guys knew how he, he's the best to deal with with media, he, he's always the best quote. Um, just super professional and he always keeps it a hundred and, and I respected that. So I don't know what that means for Aaron Rodgers' future, but I, I tend to think he'll be back. No, that's, I, I like that honesty too, man. It's like, no, Aaron's cool and all. I love him. I need the bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then when you read more about Devonte and like his mom and everything, it's like, Oh, okay. So you're like, no, this dude, yeah, he just, just wants what he's worth. And he is the best receiver in the league. So, I mean, no question. Wanting to be paid like the best receiver when you are the best receiver makes a lot of sense. Uh, one question that people ask me a lot is the uh, is the the beef between Russ and the front office mostly just Pete, but is that like dynamic resolved or is it on pause? And I don't necessarily have a good answer for them all the time, but I do want to toss a similar question to you: Are they are they is it kumbaya yet, or they just press pause while they have football games to play? Yeah, it seems more like that. Um... The way Rodgers has put it to us is he said, you know, there have been great conversations between me and the front office. I've really liked some of the moves they've made. We'll never know if it's kumbaya. I mean, he did a great job putting on a brave face last year uh, when things were not great. Behind closed doors, I guess we don't know exactly what's going on, but by all accounts, it seems um, it's a little bit of, all right, let's focus on football first and foremost, but then on the side, let's try and slowly work on this relationship instead of let's try and, you know, get this relationship from zero to a hundred right now. And then we'll go back to football. So if it's something they kind of have as a side project, it seems like it's a pretty successful side project right now because Aaron Rodgers doesn't just go out of his way to compliment the front office about, you know, random signings they've made. They signed Whitney Merciless off the street (laughs) and, you know, dude had done nothing in, in Houston this year and Rodgers, um, I don't, I forget if it was before they played a game with him or after the first game that Merciless played Rogers just went out of his way. Oh, it was after, um, it was after they beat Washington a couple of weeks ago. And he was like, I love the Whitney Merciless signing. I'm a huge fan of that. 
And it was a question I asked him about Rashawn Gary. It had nothing to do with Whitney Merciless. So if one of his talking points going into a press conference is he's going to go out of his way to praise uh, the signing of their fourth edge rusher, then you know they're kind of mending things a little bit. I want to take a look at this opportunity, talk about this opportunity here for Sunday, given the chance that maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. Did you see anything from Jordan Love that indicates he could come out and play okay against the Seahawks? Granted, the Chiefs defense is terrible. The Seahawks have taken a step forward. I know everyone that's a Seahawks fan that's listening to our pod is probably saying, Chris, they play the Jaguars. They won 31-7. to that was a good that was good for that defense to find their group. But did you see anything from Mr. Love that indicates if Aaron Rodgers is not capable of playing, that he can go out there and make things challenging for this Seahawks defense? I didn't see much that, oh, that would lead lead me to believe that. <laughs> you know, it's obviously his first ever NFL start, so I'm cool. not expecting him to be Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur said he was proud of how Jordan Love stood in there and the Chiefs blitzed on 17 of his 34 dropbacks. Mm, That's a lot. Yeah, they yeah. said, let's just throw the kitchen sink at him, see how he handles it, and he did not handle it well. If Aaron Rodgers plays, A, the, the Chiefs don't blitz as much, and yep. B, he's able to find the hot reads when they do blitz. Um, I didn't see much. You know, He can move. He's more mobile, obviously, than Rodgers, creating stuff with his feet, but accuracy was – not great. Maybe I'm just, and you guys too, probably you watch Geno Smith and you're like, what the hell is this? Well, we're both spoiled to cover future <laughs> right. hall of fame. Drop quarterbacks, off is very stark. Right. Yeah. And watch them throw. And, and that's unfair, I guess, but it is what it is. And, you know, Jordan love targeted Devonte Adams 14 times on, on Sunday and they only connected six times. And several of those throws were very, very makeable throws that we see Rogers and Adams connect on week in and week out. And I asked Jordan Love about that after the game, and he was like, yeah, we just don't have that chemistry because they're mm. not practicing together. He's not throwing him in practice. So um, in terms of staring down – if Jordan Love does start, I expect the Seahawks to throw the kitchen sink at him again. Um, LaFleur and Rodgers were, were, Rogers went on Pat McAfee today and, and said he was proud of how Jordan kind of just stood in there and hung in there. Uh, he said he made some really nice throws, and there were a couple nice throws, um, but – Against pressure, we're going to have to see something a lot better from Jordan Love. And with a game of tape under his belt, some teaching points, I don't doubt that it could be better um, if he is the guy. Rodgers did say today on McAfee's show that there's a small possibility he does not play. So Rodgers seems to be fully expecting to play on Sunday. Yeah, actually, we should get that particular out of the way real fast. Um, so he just needs to – it's a minimum 10 days that you got to be out, and 10 days would it would be a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then all he needs, what, at that point is one negative test that comes back 30 minutes right right after? How does that work for him to play Sunday? I believe so, and then to remain okay. asymptomatic. and, and he That's said, right, symptoms, yeah. He said today that uh, he's feeling really good, and he said a couple of days ago that he was feeling really good. So it seems that he's asymptomatic. He did say today um, with Pat that – if he comes back on Saturday, he just needs to see how he said his heart. He was like, I want to make sure my heart can handle that physical exertion. He said he's going to start, or he has been doing some walking and yoga at home and he's going to start ramping things up a little bit this week. Um, might've gotten a head start on Seahawks film. Obviously he said, because he knew he wasn't going to play against the chiefs. So he's fully preparing to play. It seems that the only drawback could be if when he starts really ramping things up again, you know, his heart isn't up for it. And I mean that literally, not like in a, in a figure. Right, yeah. So we'll see. I expect him to play. Obviously I can't predict, you know, how the human body is feeling or reacting, but just from what he talked about today, it seems like he's expecting to play as well. I kind of figured it would be bad for Jordan love when I think you asked LaFleur, like, Hey, how ready is Jordan to start? And he was like, we'll see. It was yeah. like, Matt, that was not your time to be honest, my man. That was your time to just lie. <laughs> to just say he's ready, yeah, he prepared. You know all the stuff they told us about Gino. He prepares like a starter. The difference, I guess, with Gino is that um, he's, he's started. Bad. He started before, yeah, so right. Jordan hasn't. So you, the lie is a little better. But when Matt, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you Matt thought that when Lafleur said it, but I heard that I was like, oh wait a minute, Jordan might go out there and stick <laughs> if the coach ain't really willing to lie right here. Right. No. Yeah. It was funny because that was early in the week. I forget what day that was exactly, but it was a couple days before um, Wednesday when the news broke and, and LaFleur stepped to the podium and I asked him again, I basically said, you know, how ready is he to start? And LaFleur gave a better answer than the we'll see. He said, you know, 
I think he's ready. He, he's confident. He's, he's looked good in practice. And we think he's going to go out there and do it. Like, that's what he should have said yes. at the start instead of, we'll see since he's <laughs> never started before. But um, it turns out that truth might have been right because it didn't look very good on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, LaFleur knows when guys are ready and when they're not. I just thought it was funny he didn't lie. Or give the coach, not lie, but give the coach speaking answer. Like, yeah, he looks good in practice. It's not like you just met him yesterday. Like, you right. watch him every day. Like, exactly. You know, film and practice, you know whether he can throw the ball to Devontae. And the, the answer was no. I think yeah, what, his only no. interception was uh, a pass to, to Devontae. Is that right? Yeah, he threw one up near the goal line. It was kind of uh, not a go ball necessarily, but a, a jump ball. And Love threw it too far upfield. And it's funny because um, a couple weeks ago after they beat WFT, I asked Rogers something. Devontae made an absurd sideline catch. And, and I asked Rogers, you know, how often do you throw something to Devontae and, and think it's 50-50? And Rogers said there's no such thing as a 50-50 ball when you throw it to Devontae. He has mm. the advantage every time. And I thought of that when Jordan Love threw that one up for Devontae because – it looks like the same, and it looks like, oh, Devontae should have come down to that. But Jordan Love said after the game, I placed it a little too far upfield, and that's the difference between Rodgers and Devontae, like the mere inches on a pass that give the best receiver in the league that much better of a chance to go up and get it. So, yeah, that was his only interception. Not great on third down, not great against the Blitz. So the Packers are counting their lucky stars that Rodgers test negative a couple times or, or just once, whatever it is, uh, later this week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And Seahawks fans know they're not going to suspend Aaron Rodgers for any <laughs> potential violation to the process. All I got questions about Mike, why don't they just everyone got everyone charging to a cop after that <laughs> <laughs> Rodgers stuff came out? Yeah, you guys want this man thrown in the into the uh into jail. He doesn't get to come out until Sunday at I don't know what is that like eight thirty central time or something Five, like that. Whenever the game here, yeah. hits final, they want just yeah. Rodgers out of there because there is a fear. They don't want to admit it. There's a fear, man. Russ has never won. Uh, at Lambeau, I think he's 0 and 4, 0 and 4, 0 and 3. Yeah, One, yeah. he's 0 and 3 in the regular season and 0 and 4 if you count the, the 2019 uh playoff, right. the, the divisional round, which I just rewatched yesterday. Awful, probably some of the worst coverage on Devontae Adams I think I've ever seen. But is yeah, Ugo, so, is Ugo Amadi still on the team? Yeah, he, he is, and is hopefully the, the, the Seahawks team. realize if it's third and anything, don't put Ugo <laughs> on him because I remember, that, I remember that play vividly. I remember Shaquille Griffin looking over, communicating, and in my head, I'm thinking, no, Shaq switch it or just call timeout and the coach can chew you out. I'd rather have Shaq on Ugo at that time. The rookie was out there. I get it. No, you got to put your best player on that player in that situation. I'm sorry. It's interesting. You bring that up because um, so often this year teams have double, not doubled Devontae at the line of scrimmage, but uh, brought safety up. There were a couple times on Sunday against the chiefs where you see Tyran Matthew looking like he's about to blitz on Devontae's side when Devontae's singled up outside. And then right before the snap, he backs off to, you know, rotate post snap and, and give that safety help. I think that's why 
it wouldn't be a bad idea to sign Odell Beckham just to free up Devontae from some of those, Sheesh. you know, some of that shading safety stuff. So I, we'll see what the Seahawks do with him. I would expect them to give a, a good dose of safety help too. I hope that when you guys do get Odell, it's not this week and maybe he's not available <laughs> on Sunday. I, no, it, I, I, I disagree with that. I don't want to see him. I want to see Odell live. He's Oh, okay. Selfish reasons. Yeah. Mike wants to see him live. I don't want to see him go for 150 yards, two touchdowns, and everyone's like, oh, he's back. He just has a great quarterback that can get him the rock. So <laughs> hopefully it's a week after. Sorry, Mike. I know you want to see Odell I'm cook. flying to Green Bay, dog. I want to You're see Devontae Adams Aaron again. Rogers. Odell, DK, Tyler, Russ. I want to see it all, man. Everybody but Jordan Love. It's an all-star game. I get it. Yes, I really want to see everybody, man. I, I do. You know what sucks? One more thing on that divisional game. I believe that was Ugo's only snap against Devontae. Oh, don't say that. That, that game, too. See? I'm pretty sure. I re, like I said, I rewatched the whole thing last night. I'm pretty sure that was his only snap on him, too. It's one of those that Aaron and Devontae was probably like, ooh, wait a minute. Yeah. Rookie, 28 on 17, <laughs> third down? All right. Go. And it just yeah. it went. It went how everyone in the building with eyes thought thought it would go and, yeah uh i want to i want to talk about rogers is his his first interview with with pat on the uh, pat mcafee show the mm-hmm. uh, was that 46 minutes of, 46. of him 46 minutes of him trying to explain himself and i don't i think everyone has had had time to process and write their think pieces that are very good i think that all these have been very good i think our Lindsay jones had one as well after the game sunday about just how irresponsible the misinformation piece of the Aaron Rodgers interview is. Cause he did give a lot of misinformation about the vaccine and, and fertility um, and his stuff about being allergic to something in, uh, in the, the vaccine, vaccine yeah. was like sketchy at best. If you just check the numbers, like there was some stuff in there that's legitimately harmful at a time we're trying to get through a pandemic. If you would like that type of content, hang up because honestly, Matt, I want to talk about Rodgers in this sense because I remember after you, after he said the thing uh, following the playoff loss last year, and you mentioned that he's very calculated. Every mm-hmm. syllable is thought of beforehand, and I I thought I liked that because I was like, yes, Russ is very similar. Everything he says has purpose, so I know everything he said on that Pat McAfee show he was thinking about beforehand. So Matt, my question to you is. How the hell does he do all that thinking and come up with that particular Martin Luther King quote to invoke at that time in that context? Well, it's fu- it's well, it's not funny, but when you say uh, he's very particular with his word choice, you look back at when he was asked on August 26th if if he was vac- vaccinated, and he looked us all in the eye and said, "Yeah, I'm immunized." And we kind of <laughs> just laughed it off. We were like, "Who would try and work around that by using that?" And turns out, him. Um, <laughs> there were a couple things. Listen. I agree with, and I've tried to avoid, you know, writing these columns. I just wrote the story about here are the main talking points you should know from, from that. It was weird the timing because I was literally standing outside the door to get into practice on Friday. And I get a DM from a a follower saying Roger's about to go on McAfee. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't go into practice. I hustled back to my office at Lambeau, 46 minutes. And then (laughs) it ends right as, uh, LaFleur and Jordan Love and Devontae Adams are going to the podium. So mm. here's my here's my thing. The bodily autonomy stuff, yes, he is right. He it's his body, it's his choice. But the harmful part of it is when you're saying, you know, the J and J stuff, J and J was put back into circulation and the clotting issues were, I believe, six in every one million women. And yeah, Rogers Rogers like said that, yeah. He had an allergy to an ingredient in Moderna and Pfizer, and then J&J had clotting issues. Well, the J&J clotting issues were with women. Um, And listen, I'm not saying that there are crazy people out there. There might be who listen to everything Rogers says and, and, you know, takes it. But let's say there's someone out there, and I'm just hypothesizing, who's still on the fence about getting the vaccine, and they they hear Aaron Rodgers say that about J&J. They're like, oh, I'm not getting it. But what Mm -hmm. he said was wrong. And Mm – then he says that he's consulting with Joe Rogan for how to heal. And, you know, he said today on McAfee, he kind of cleared it up. He was like, I consulted with a lot of friends who have healed with COVID. But still, like, if you're going on McAfee and you have, it was, I think, 77,000 people watching live. Wow. And, and Rogers had a sheet of paper in front of him. He, he came ready with his notes. The MLK quote was ridiculous. Um, because I think it was Taylor Rooks who quote tweeted me and said, 
MLK said that sitting inside a Birmingham jail. He did. And he yeah. didn't say it for, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. She didn't say this, but um, for a, a white quarterback to say when he's talking about choosing to get the vaccine or not. So I wasn't a huge wow. fan of that, uh, his choice of that, the Joe Rogan stuff, the, the fertility stuff. It's just here's a guy who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes he is, and he didn't come across great in that interview. Um, now, I don't know if Packers PR or whoever told him, said, don't do this, or, but they didn't tell him to do that. I can, I can bet you that. But mm-hmm. if you know Aaron Rodgers, you know that uh, he marches to the beat of his own drum, and if he doesn't want to, he will not listen to anyone. Yeah, no, that's another way. And I keep bringing up the Russ and Rogers parallels because I do think on a macro level, they are very interesting and in that they both kind of want to be like a, a second GM. Essentially, they feel like that's what they are entitled to based on their performance and their positional value. Uh, they're very calculated uh, with their words. And just what you said there, like even look at Russ's with his updates with his finger. They all came before the official team stuff. Mm-hmm. He posts a picture. Then the team puts out pictures. He posts a picture from the surgery. Then you get the quote from the doctor that did it. Like it is the beat of his own drum thing. You wonder how sustainable that is when someone's willing to just kind of go over, at least go not over, go outside the structure. Oh, you're not, no, players don't really give interviews during the week unless it's like, oh, behind the team backdrop. Nope. I'm going to do Pat McAfee every, what is it, every Tuesday yep. that he does it. Like it's the operating outside of the structure just because I'm freaking good at my job. That's a, that's an interesting precedent to look at on a macro level and then but really on a micro level it's just really funny that he cited joe rogan and then used all of the anti-vaxxer bingo card notes oh. with, uh, hold on let me see if I, woke it was woke mob woke mob and then he said before everyone puts the final nail in my cancel culture casket <laughs> that was in his first line and at that point i was like this is going to be long, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that was oh, that was such good. Stuff. I mean, not good for like you because you have to cover it, and it's a fine line between you know covering right. that stuff and then having the the opinions. But for us, I don't know about Chris because I was on. We weren't together. I was on vacay when that that happened. But oh man, that was that was such great stuff. But there is something on the organizational side I'm interested about too, because they knew he wasn't vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not going to play cop like a lot of my followers on Twitter were doing, but did they facilitate him like? misleading everyone all year or are we reading that wrong no i don't think they facilitated it and if i had to guess regarding the uh no mask at podium stuff if i had to guess my guess would be that he was told his options before the season and said you either got to go on zoom like the other unvaccinated unvaccinated players do like alan lazard only Mm -hmm. does press conferences on zoom um or you can go to the podium with a mask on and my guess is Aaron Rodgers said, nope, I'm doing whatever I want. <laughs> right. And it's interesting because Alan Lazard wears a yellow uh, kind of like sweatband around his ankle. That means he's not vaccinated. Like the players who are vaccinated wear green because it hmm. holds their trackers. And the yellow ones that hold trackers mean you're not vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers has not worn a yellow one all season. So clear, clearly there was uh, – an intent to hide this um, when he was asked by Pat, you know, why he didn't, I guess, just straight up say he was unvaccinated. Roger's thing was basically like, it's a, people are trying to shame you for being unvaccinated. And I didn't want to have that, you know, blow up in my face. He knew what he was doing. And today on McAfee's show, he said, I realized that I misled people. He didn't apologize because he said, you know, I stand by what I said and I have to do what I think is right. But he did acknowledge that he misled people. And when he spoke last Friday, he did not acknowledge that. There was no remorse. There was, I'm going to do whatever I want. Stop trying to cancel me. The media is trying to shame me. All the buzzwords, whatever. Today, there was a little bit more remorse. I'm not saying what he did was right. Um, and, and he's right in saying reporters are vaccinated. We have masks on. Do I care that he's up there without a mask? Not really. Maybe other people do. I'm not going to speak for them. But it's not our job to not report on something if it doesn't bother us. It's our job to report on when the reigning NFL MVP is breaking NFL rules, no matter how Mm -hmm. silly or not they are. Um, 
so yeah, that immunized thing was interesting. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he said today with Pat, he's like, I'm not going to address any vaccination stuff publicly anymore. So it looks <laughs> like he kind of just wants to, he, he dropped, it's kind of like he, a grenade. He threw it out there, it exploded. And now he's just not, not touching it anymore. Are, are people giving you guys, I mean, you guys, but I mean, Packers media, are they giving you guys flack for not challenging the immunized thing in real time? I'm not, but are, are there, are, are the people doing that to you guys? There are some. I think the general consensus is that, like, how would we have known that? The interesting thing is he was asked a follow-up question about competitive advantage because at the time was when the whole Kirk Cousins unvaccinated thing was right. going on. Um, and he answered that question talking about competitive advantage as if he was vaccinated. And it, mm. it wasn't just, yeah, I'm immunized. It was, yeah, I'm immunized. Um, I, he said right after that, I don't judge anyone who's unvaccinated. And now we know it's because – he didn't want to judge himself. <laughs> yeah, because um, he's in that group. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't just I'm oh, immunized. Man. It was a, a stuff he said after that to intentionally make it seem maybe it wasn't. People who say he lied, technically he didn't lie, but he certainly intentionally misled. Yeah. And I think that's where you guys deserve a little bit of slack. It wasn't just the I'm immunized part. Have you seen the full quote, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I've watched it and like, dang. Great lawyer talk. Who yeah, was on your exactly. corner? Who was, was almost, giving you the, hey, say this. That way, if they ask you questions, which, hey, so, you know, how do you feel about the advantage? Oh, you know, I get it. I, I'm i in a situation. Yeah, whatever the case may have been, he was strategic with it. As you guys both have said, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers picks and chooses what he says, and he does it very thoroughly, and he's calculated. And that was a very calculated moment when he went up there and said, yeah, I'm in, you know. Well, and all it's the, it's the additionally saying, yeah, there's some guys in here who ain't, but they're cool. <laughs> they're cool in my book. It's like, what you mean? Though? You talking about you? <laughs> exactly. That is where, it's the separation of himself from that group is he, where that is the, that is where I would not have, if I was you guys, I wouldn't have followed up. If Russ would right. have said that, I'd have been like, oh, okay. He's, he's implying that there are other guys who aren't vaccinated and he rocks with them despite not being, in lockstep with them was in when in fact he's the leader of the group that is where the deception is that i hope if anyone as i brought that up because there are probably also people listening who want to do the same it's like oh you guys got fooled no 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 like rogers <laughs> i just thought it was, to, to be honest i just thought it was another one of those he likes using big words sometimes because <laughs> he's a smart guy and i literally just thought immunized was his way of saying vaccinated because he was like i'm gonna use a big word to talk about this right now. <laughs> And That's technically, crazy. the dictionary definition, yeah, immunized is like a form of getting vaccinated. I looked oh, it up. Is to it verif- really? Yes, I looked. So it he up outsmarted like- himself. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy to think is this man was going to play the entire NFL season without being vaxxed, and he would have gotten away with it had he not gotten the the COVID. That's mm-hmm. crazy. He almost made it. He was halfway there. Yeah, he was. What's the line of Scooby-Doo? I wouldn't got away. I would have got away with it with those meddling kids. It's or funny you say that. As soon as this happened, that was the quote that I was thinking of in the whole entire time. And I was like, who are the meddling kids in this situation? The NFL? <laughs> uh, yes, whoever he was at that Halloween party with. Um, oh, that's true. I do want to, let's, let's talk to the, the game itself when we get into the Packers. Because I brought up how um, the Seahawks are like Seahawks fans. There's a large faction of them, I imagine, that are hoping that he was he is disciplined or that his Aaron Rodgers' test come back negative because that's a bad man. You know, like <laughs> he is. He's a very good quarterback, uh, even though some of the offensive numbers aren't blowing um, the league away right now. Look at some third down stuff, red zone efficiency stuff. It's all middle of the pack, ninth in EPA per play on offense, which is obviously very, very, very good and probably the most predictive stat of all of them. Um, but I throw all these numbers out there to then ask you, Matt, just kind of where are you with the Packers offense in particular this year? And am I right to assume that it's not as dynamic as it's been in, in the first couple of years uh, with LaFleur? Yeah, you're right. Last year they led the league in scoring in the regular season with 31.8 points per game. They haven't scored 30 since week three um, mm-hmm. when they beat the 49ers at the buzzer 30 to 28. I think since then it's been – some 27s, 24s, uh, and then a 7 with Jordan Love. Rodgers and LaFleur have both said something's a little off, like there's still a next step. Good thing for the Packers is their defense is playing lights out, and they're 7-2 and two because of their defense mainly, and their offense has done just enough. I don't want to make the injuries excuse. I, I mean, against Arizona, they didn't have Devontae, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Allen Lazard. Um, the, the best offensive lineman in football, arguably David Bakhtiari, first team all pro left tackle has not played yet this season. They'll most likely activate him from the PUP, 
PUP list on tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, he tore his ACL in week 17 in practice last year and hasn't played since he's been practicing for a couple weeks now, but getting him back. And then they just lost Robert Tunyon, their tight end who tied for the league lead among tight ends and touchdown catches with 11 last year tied with Travis Kelsey. So they're, they're banged up. Um, but getting Rogers back, having that full staple of receivers, uh, when Odell and Devontae are lining up on opposite sides as each <laughs> other, that's dangerous. And <laughs> very, <laughs> it's interesting because El- Elton Jenkins, who's a, the start pro bowl starting left guard for the NFC last year in his second season in the league, he's been playing left tackle. So if you, and he's been playing fine, um, not exceptional, but you know, he could start at left tackle, um, if he had to. But getting Bakhtiari back, allowing Jenkins to you know slide back to either left guard or center wherever he plays, um, getting some pieces in on that offensive line, receivers back, Rodgers. The running game's been pretty good. A.J. Dillon is, is emerging as a pretty dominant runner. I think you could start to see some things click. But, no, it hasn't been clicking on all cylinders like we're used to seeing, but it hasn't come back to bite them yet. Let's flip to the defensive side of things and look at the Packers' defense. Kevin King and the Super Bowl was having a – a rough day. Or a title game. Title, title game, game, excuse me. That was Mike loves game. hating on Kevin King because he's <laughs> a husky. Yes. yes, I forgot. It was a title game against the Bucks. I don't know why I thought Super Bowl, but that would be a fun Super Bowl. Either way, Kevin King was – he was getting cooked, as the homie Adrian Broner would say. Cooked. With that be, <laughs> cooked. With that being said, what has the improvement been from that game up until now, especially going up against this Seahawks offense that we'll have Russell Wilson back. You, saw, you know what DK and Tyler Lockett are – capable of doing how do you see kevin king faring going up against these guys and this week and this week nine matchup yeah he played pretty well against the chiefs it was his first game back after missing a couple um with i believe it was a hamstring or a shoulder injury it was he's always banged up he's only played they brought him back on a one-year prove it deal he hasn't proved much but he did play well on sunday um eric stokes their first round pick out of georgia the corner He's given up some explosive plays, but the encouraging thing about him is in the same game he gives up those plays, he comes, he like learns quickly from his mistakes and fixes it. Like against Arizona last Thursday night, he got cooked on that double move by DeAndre Hopkins or whatever it was where Hopkins kind of looked up as if he was going to catch the ball. So, so Stokes stopped to go out for it. Then Hopkins just kept running. Um, so he's been playing well, but he didn't play on Sunday because he went up for a ball in warmups in Kansas City came down funny on his knee, so I don't know if he's going to play. Kenny Clark, their Pro Bowl caliber nose tackle, who's been awesome this year, uh, had a back injury. He might not play on Sunday. Zedarius Smith, an all-pro pass rusher last year, he hasn't played since week one, and and he's not going to play on Sunday either. Jair Alexander, all-pro corner, um, he's not going to play on Sunday. So they're banged up. Wow. So it'll probably be Rasul Douglas and Kevin King on the outside. Oh, boy. Could be very problematic. Although Rasul Douglas has played pretty well. They only gave up, you know, I think it was four catches to Tyreek Hill and one explosive pass play. I know the Chiefs stink. The Chiefs offense is <laughs> all, all out of sorts, but they played well. The big difference since that divisional game is Devondre Campbell, their middle linebacker. The Packers have not had a competent middle linebacker in over a decade. Devondre Campbell won, won NFC Defensive Player of the Month last for October. He can stuff the run. He can guard against the pass. So often we've seen middle linebackers around here in recent times, you know, tackle guys five yards after first contact or let the ball carrier come to them and then drag them down, you know, while falling backward another two yards. Devondre Campbell, you know, stuffs guys. He's incredible against the run, really good in pass coverage, and he's really been a revelation. So that's the biggest difference in why this Packers defense has been so good. But, man – their pass rush is banged up. Their secondary is banged up. Their D lines banged up. So uh, if Russ comes back, it, it could be a sticky situation for the for the Packers D on Sunday. Is Clark well, 97? he is coming back? So yeah, Clark yeah. is ninety seven. Okay, uh, that's what I thought. He was kicking ass in the divisional yeah. game, and oh he didn't play God. well last year. He had he was battling some injuries. Played pretty poorly to his standards last year. Um, they made him the highest paid nose tackle in NFL history. Before or in training camp last year, and then he didn't really live up to it. In injuries, obviously, but he's back this year. He's been playing really well. And Rashawn Gary, their 2019 first round pick, uh, edge rusher out of Michigan, is you know getting more playing time because Darius Smith is out, and he's been really good too. Well, okay, so oh, actually, that's interesting. So Clark got paid. 
after that playoff run. Yes. Ah, see, that makes sense because, like, I was, he kicking ass. Like the yes, Seahawks George. didn't they didn't re, they didn't bring back their center, uh, Joey Hunt, uh, after uh, after that season, and I'm pretty sure it's 99 percent because of that game. Like mm-hmm. I was watching the game, being like, "Yo, 97 is kicking 53's ass yeah. in this game," and it was it was it was very bad. I promise, I'm gonna try. I was about to say promise. I'm gonna try to go easier on Kevin King this game. Like I didn't even meet. I tweet, I had like two tweets about Kevin King in the NFC title game. That's all it year. takes. It was just two. I think one. Actually, I think it was just one. I think I tweeted, "Where did Kevin King go to college?" <laughs> That's it. I just said, remind <laughs> me where he went to college. It was, and then uh, that was after he got beat by a. Uh, What's the little small Scotty Miller? Scotty yeah. freaking Miller. Burns you want to hear a funny Kevin King story? I'll let you finish. Go no, ahead. No, 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 no. Yes. The answer to that question is yes. Give me one. What you got? So this was, I think this was after they beat the Raiders by a couple touchdowns in 2019 in week seven, um, Kevin King had an interception that game and I was I don't know if it was Sunday night. This is going to reveal a little bit of my degeneracy. But after I was done working that Sunday night, um, I went to – no, it it was probably Monday, the the following Monday. I went to the casino here and was playing blackjack. And I was sitting next to a guy at the table who looked like Eric Berry. And he he was still – I think Eric Berry was still taking visits at that time. And I got talking to him, and he kept asking me what I do. And and we were getting into it while we're – playing. I forget how I did. I think I won 200 bucks that night. I forget. But um, I asked him, I said, does anyone ever tell you you look like Eric Berry? He was like, oh, I've gotten that a lot. And he was like, he, he kept asking me, you know, what do you think of the team? And then he was like, what do you think of Kevin King? I was like, that's an odd question to ask. It's definitely <laughs> and, Eric Berry. and at the time I was like, oh, he's, he's good. Cause 2019 King, you know, was top five in the league in interceptions, passes defense. He stayed healthy for the first time. So I was like, he's good. And then after about an hour playing together, this guy gets up from the table. It was like, nice to meet you. I'm Kevin King's older brother. Oh. So I was like, thank God I didn't trash him. <laughs> I might have got my ass beat at the blackjack table. Oh, wow. Yeah, that could have gone. And it, I, I put it together. I was like, he did. He does kind of look like Kevin King. <laughs> it's funny. But it was because a... Kevin King is from Oakland, so that's why family was in town to watch him play the Raiders. That's a funny story. I'll I'll tackle that one with mine. You got, go you ahead, got Mike. a Kevin King story too? No, I have a, oh, I have a story that's pretty similar in the situation where I didn't know who this guy was at first. So I used to work at Finish Line, and there was a young man that came in there, about 5'9". He had some Seahawks sweats on. Paid him really no mind. I didn't know who it was, of course. So I'm like, oh, what's up, man? How you doing? I see you got the Seahawks gear on. You think they're going to win Sunday? And he was like, yeah, they're going to win. I was like, bet. <laughs> and I was like, so, you know, what are you looking for? He's like, oh, I'm just checking out some shoes. Pretty much, I had no idea who this guy was. My boss pulls me aside, and he's like, you know who just left the store, right? I was like, no. He was like, that was Jeremy Lane. I was like, oh, what's that? Re- oh. I was like, Jeremy Lane, like, cornerback for Seahawks? He was like, how you not notice? <laughs> this, is, this is before we're doing the Seahawks man-to-man podcast. So this is, one of, I want to say, like, 2015, 2014. So two years prior to us doing this show. But I had no idea. I go and tweet him. I was like, so you're in finish line, and you was going to act like you wasn't playing on the team? And he was just like... Hey man, I was just low key. You didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I wasn't looking for anything. I was chilling. I was like, okay, I get it. So when you brought up the fact that you're just talking to some guy, you're like, oh, it might be Eric Berry. Come to find out, it's Kevin King's brother. Yeah, I feel you because I could have been like, oh yeah, see, I was about to get mopped. You know that corner over there, Jeremy Lane. He's been struggling, bro. <laughs> he gonna get cooked. Literally, it's Jeremy Lane right there. So I thought that was telling yeah. and funny. I, I, I told Kevin that because that was story too. That'd been hilarious. <laughs> nah. That was back when we were allowed in the locker room. So I told Kevin the other day, I was like, "Yeah, I was playing blackjack with your brother, and he, he thought it was pretty funny." <laughs> oh yeah, that could have gone like if if that would have happened to me, like right after the title game, and somebody just happened to ask, like, I'd been like, "Well, let me tell you, buddy. I'm gonna, <laughs> let's order some drinks. Let's talk about number twenty for the Packers." And that probably would have got that would have got uh pretty bad. I'm gonna go easy on. Him this this game. I try not to. Not if he's getting cooked, you won't. Uh, I guarantee you, if he's giving up touchdowns and the Seahawks are throwing his way every time, you will have to tweet something. You can't not now say anything. It'll depend. It might depend on how the Cougs do on Saturday and how the Huskies <laughs> do on Saturday as well. Like that. There's could more be, points to it. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, remind me, Matt. Tell me, I gotta find somewhere to go watch the Cougs on ESPN on Saturday. But that's uh, besides besides the point. Uh, but I want to flip back to the offensive side of the ball, the Packers, real quick, because. Were you were you at the combine in twenty? Hmm. You at the twenty nineteen combine or no twenty twenty combine? 
I don't know. It's gonna bug me. Which was which, 2019. What, what year is uh, no, AJ it Dillon? It what was 20. He? It was 2020. Since that was before the pandemic. Um, AJ Dillon is in his second year. He was a second round pick in 2020. Man, I like that guy. Yeah, I was. was thinking. I thought he would fall to like day three because he's got tree trunks for thighs. I don't know if you've seen this guy, Chris. And at Boston College, he was just he made them look like children. Uh, <laughs> there is is there like a world where he is the lead back at some? I just I know Aaron Jones is super nice, but you know what I mean. Like I think this like when they signed when they drafted AJ, I was for sure they weren't going to sign resign Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. and now it just feels like they're like caging this beast, this AJ Dillon dude, who I think is like a monster. Yeah, he's he's really special. I think right now he could be a, a lead back for for a lot of teams, and it, it's interesting because, um, yeah, it, it was a surprise when they drafted him so high, but uh, they had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both in contract years last year, so uh, they knew they weren't going to be able to keep both of them. Um, they obviously re-sign Aaron Jones instead of re-signing their center Corey Lindsley, and you know. I don't know if people agreed with that, but AJ Dillon has been awesome. His rookie season got off to a rough start because he got COVID and missed five weeks because of it. It really hit him hard. And then uh, he ran for 120 yards, two touchdowns against the Titans on Sunday night football in week 16 last year. On Sunday, there, there was an early drive. I don't know exactly how many yards he had, but Dillon carried them down the field, a couple runs, a screen pass. And then they run Aaron Jones up the gut twice, get stuffed, and then throw a screen pass to Jones that Jordan Love throws way high. I don't want to say far too many times, but a couple times because Matt LaFleur has only lost five games in the last two regular seasons. But he admits that he went away from A.J. Dillon. Like, you'll always see Hmm. Dillon get a couple carries to get going, and then he vanishes for a little bit. That happened again on Sunday. And it does seem like, listen, Aaron Jones is an elite running back. He's great. I won't say he's top five, but he's great. It does feel like having Aaron Jones there is kind of handcuffing A.J. Dillon's full potential. Now, it's good for the Packers because right. having yeah. two awesome running backs uh, you know, keeps people guessing. It's how they beat the Cardinals without their top three receivers. Um, you know, They just pounded the rock pretty much. A.J. Dillon, I think this was a solid true media stat. I think he averaged 3.8 yards after contact per rush. It's like the dude just bowls people over and it's not just bowling people over. He's really quick, explosive, can cut. Um, and then there is the stuff where he just runs through people. So yeah, he's really special. You'll definitely see a good dose of him on Sunday, but it seems at this point, it's kind of more of a one, a one B thing. Man. Yeah. That's, that's honestly good news for the Seahawks. If he just gets like three carries right there and it takes <laughs> off and then you just never see him to the fourth. Cause that dude, <laughs> right. That dude, man, I, I was really sh- – I was like, man, the Seahawks should take that dude if he's there. They're on, like, day three. Packers took him second round. Did I got that right? Second round yeah. pick? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, man, they they smart over there. We can't talk about the Packers Seahawks without talking about the best player – or the best skill player on the, fl- on the field today, and that's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is special. One of my favorite wide receivers. I will literally watch his highlights, his clips of his route running because he is just a technician. He does it with ease, and he makes it look very easy. My question is basically, you mentioned what the Chiefs were doing with Tyron Matthew bringing him down and trying to, quote-unquote, double him, although you mentioned the fact that if Aaron Rodgers is in there, he's he's making those type of throws. It doesn't matter. It's going to be a catch. Do the Seahawks have any chance of maybe even slowing down Devonta Adams or is it just going to be the fact that hey if Jordan Love is out there you guys have a chance but if Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing to Devonta Adams I really don't give you guys a shot because what we've seen this season outside of Cooper Cup Devonta Adams is the best guy mm-hmm. yeah the, the only chance they have is if they bring safety help on pretty much every play if it's single coverage <laughs> he's probably going to win it um, and that's how t- he went for I think it was 11 catches, 206 yards, and a touchdown against the Bengals a couple weeks ago. And, well, that was week five, so about a just, month ago. Just ridiculous and then, numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but he hasn't topped 100 since then because, you know, teams are really given safety help. Then he tests positive for COVID and misses the, the Cardinals game. And then, you know, Jordan Love can't really find him on Sunday. It's interesting, you know, off the football side, uh, you mentioned – his mom, I talked to his mom for 45 minutes the other day since I, I have a, you know, giant feature coming out on Devante's whole life story pretty much in a little oh, bit. Nice. And all I need to do is sit down with him. And I was supposed to last week, then he test positive, obviously. Um, 
but the shameless plug, like I talked to Derek Carr on the phone a couple weeks ago for it, since they're obviously best friends from their time. Derek Carr threw 24 touchdowns to Devontae Adams in one year at Fresno State. Oh, Lord. And uh, Jock Peterson, the outfielder for the world champion Atlanta Braves, was the number one wide receiver on their high school team when Devontae was the number two wide receiver. So wow. um, I talked to him and his mom. His mom was awesome. Uh, Devontae's her only kid and she basically uh, I'm basically saying like for Seahawks fans who just see Devontae as the player he seems like equally as good of a dude um, great with media great story about how like his mom wouldn't let him leave the house as the kid because she thought he was gonna get shot or you know end up in jail he lived in a really rough part of East Palo Alto California um, had, he had such bad grades in high school that teams didn't you know want to recruit him Cal actually where Aaron Rodgers went um, and obviously Marshawn Lynch uh, saw his grades and said, no, we're not looking at you. And, and Fresno State was one of his, I don't know if it was only offer or, or one of few. So he's got a great story and obviously he's become a, a great player. And it's funny because um, in 2015, I believe he led the league in drops. Like people were calling for his absolute neck and saying he should be cut, whatever. They drafted him in the second round in 2014, same draft as Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, OBJ. And um, his mom told me a, a story about how she flew in from California uh, one day for a game and Devontae did not play well that game. And uh, on the drive back to Devontae's house, he was driving and kind of had like a mini spaz attack in the car, just started screaming out of nowhere. I hate football. I hate football. I hate this shit, like all that kind of stuff. And when they got home, he locked himself in his room and just didn't talk to her because he was playing so poorly. And now he's become this, the best receiver in the league, about to be um, the, the highest paid receiver in the league. But, yeah, you got you to gotta give him safety help in, to make the short answer short. Hey, that's perfect. No, I love that story. We, that was perfect. I don't know how I'm going to follow up with that because that was <laughs> such a great answer. But with that happening, let's say the Seahawks figure it out and they're able to slow him down. Who is next up? And that Packers receiving core that you're like, oh, if you're going to double Devontae, that means this guy is going to do their job. Because we saw, I'm assuming everyone did watch the game against the Cardinals where, okay, we're missing Devontae, but we're going to have these other guys step up. Who else is going to fit in that role and step up big if Devontae Adams is going to have safety help over the top, making it challenging for him to go off? Yeah, it'll be one of three guys. Randall Cobb, who Rodgers has a really good rapport with, obviously. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's more of a deep threat, but he can do the other stuff, the underneath stuff, and then Alan Lazard. It, it's going to be one of those three guys. You're going to see more four wide receiver sets because Robert Tunyon, obviously their only real pass-catching tight end, is out for the year with a torn ACL. Um, tore it at the end of 33-yard catch-and-run against the Cardinals. But their other three tight ends are more blocking guys and more in-line guys. So you're going to see Cobb, Lazard, Valdez-Scantling, uh, Beckham, get a, a couple catches. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for Devontae's double. And, and those guys are capable. They're not household names, and people on the outside might be like, oh, the Packers don't have receiver depth. Like, those guys are more than capable. Um, they're obviously it, – it's not a room like Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, but they are guys who can who can get the job done and who can definitely, you know, make things happen if Devontae's covered. Yeah, no, I think that – I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I really – I don't, I don't envy is not the word. Maybe admire is how the Packers have. Because I mean, let's be honest. Like you said, Lazard, MVS, Cobb. Like those are that's good, but it's not like oh, we are afraid of those guys. And right. every team knows that. Every team pays their defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator has probably been in the league for a long time. Yada yada yada. And Devontae still goes out there and kills. And it's just like how it's very impressive that the Packers find ways to do that. And you watch the tape of their games, and it's like. They find ways to get him all three levels. He's involved all the time. Very, it very rarely has like a drought like DK Metcalf just had on Monday night against the Saints. First quarter, 84-yard touchdown. Doesn't get a target until the fourth. It's very rare I, I see those lulls with Devontae. With oh, the he's throwing a Devontae no matter what. He's throwing a Devontae no matter what. That's how you do it. That's yeah. how you do it. When you have really good receivers, you throw it to them all the time. It's That's so the thing. I saw you tweet that. It, it's like people say, oh, is he forcing it? To there, there are some times where – you should probably look elsewhere, but <laughs> there's no such thing as throwing it to Devontae Adams too much. Mm, it it really is. It is he the focus of our over under this week? Yes, yes he is. To, okay, what you yes, got? What you is. got for Matt? You got have you pick an over under? So over under here it is. Over under Devontae Adams 
eight and a half catches. I, my guess is he's going to go for like 10 or 12, but let's hear your thoughts. What do you think? You think he's going to go over or under eight and a half catches? I'm going to go under. Oh. But I think it'll be eight because you can the, tell Seahawks, the Seahawks have seen – I do. The Se- <laughs> but not, not, not on Packers. I've never bet on a game that right, I cover yeah, yeah. because I get too emotionally invested in it and I can't have that affecting my writing. But right. um, I'll go under just because I think – um, well, who's who's playing quarterback? Oh, good question. In this hypothetical, well, Aaron Rodgers. Well, just exactly. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. I don't want okay, to fly to I'll go slightly under because I think the Seahawks are going to find a way to take him away. I'll go eight catches for 95 and a touchdown on 12 targets. Seahawks lose with that one. No, I mean, you never, you never know. But I mean, so for that's a good, I'm glad you uh, you picked eight, but eight impactful catches. Like for instance, for reference, the last thing he played the Seahawks, he had eight catches, but he went for 160 yards. Exactly. <laughs> and two touchdowns on 11 targets. So very similar, like a, not a similar line, but uh, like he can be impactful if he only catches eight, especially if two of them is touchdowns. Yeah. That, yeah, they were, they were crazy. All right, yes, it is. Drum roll. Uh, oh, wait, there's no drums. Uh, but... <laughs> We're gonna have you make a pick. Is our, that's our opposing beat writers are three and two mm-hmm. this year, okay. over five hundred. I feel like most of it. them have gotten it wrong when they've picked the Seahawks. That's a, we don't have to go through each one, but all right, Matt, what you got? Give us a score uh, for Sunday. I'm gonna give two picks: one if Aaron Rodgers is the QB, one if Jordan loves the QB. That'll and, work. In both scenarios, let's just, let's assume uh, Russell plays. Just to, right. Yeah. Uh, if Jordan Love plays, I'm going to go Seahawks. 24 Packers 17. If Aaron Rodgers plays, I'm going to go Packers 31, Seahawks 24. Okay. Well, how does Seahawks get more points with Aaron Rodgers in there, man? I thought she was going to keep the 17. <laughs> uh, no, wait, they scored 24. No, they scored 24 yeah. regardless. Yeah, 24 I, I'm regardless. I'm saying okay. if Jordan Love plays, the Seahawks win by seven. Got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My bad. And if the, yeah, so it's a 14 point swing. He's basically saying, gotcha. Okay. With Aaron Rodgers, which seems about reasonable. Right. What's yeah. the line of the game? You guys know the top of your head? Five and no. a half. Packers minus five and a half. Minus oh, five and there a half. There it is. See, so Vegas it. thinks Aaron Rodgers is playing. Well, Aaron Rodgers thinks Aaron Rodgers is playing too. So. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's a good point. I mean, there. I think like Aaron Rodgers and he did, he he's gonna play. He's gonna even if there's no practice because he wouldn't get to practice, right? He would just have to come up off to come up off the yoga mat and come play. But I think yeah. Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing that. When's the last time you saw the line, Matt? Uh, this morning. Oh, we got movement? Yeah, it's now Green Bay minus three and a half. We got movement, huh? Really? Interesting. Yeah. All right. Never gamble, folks. Never gamble. Not so maybe I, guess, I, I guess they think Odell Beckham Jr., the Seahawk, is going to cook Kevin <laughs> King a couple times on Sunday. Oh, man. I have to just mute the words Kevin King on Twitter. <laughs> that might on, be a good idea for you, on Mike. On Sunday. But that, that he, he's going to get cooked by Lockett in the first quarter, and, <laughs> and you're going to see at Mike Dugar on Twitter, he's a Husky. That's a Husky. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'm actually, yeah, I am. I lied I, earlier. I said I was going to take it easy. No, I'm not. If he gets cooked, I'm definitely going to have my tweets ready to roll as long as I don't run into his brother or something like that at the, you know, <laughs> after the game. Hopefully, that's not the case. But, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. That has a homie, Matt Schneiman. Does a great job covering the Packers. As you could t- listen to all the insight, man. He's been, you haven't even been around the Packers that long. Right? Like two, three years? Three my years? Third, third year covering them. Yeah. Third years and just a lot of depth, a lot of knowledge. Right for, you're like, great, great insight. We appreciate it. We appreciate the insight preview in the game. Um, we appreciate the Kevin King story, the Devontae <laughs> Adams story. We got a lot of stories. On yeah. the pod. So I, I like that. That's, that's Story good, time man. with Matt. You know, you got the, <laughs> yeah. uh, you said you got the Devontae feature um, coming. Anything else you want to plug uh, beforehand before we let you go? No, I mean, I got a real nice mailbag coming out tomorrow morning. No, I'm kidding. It's oh. just n- 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 <laughs> nothing else. Um, yeah, I, I probably gave away a couple details of that story. Now I just need to sit down with Devontae, which hopefully <laughs> will happen this week. Um, and then transcribe 20 or something interviews. All right. That makes you guys go follow Matt. Matt, you're verified on Twitter, yeah? I am. What is your What is your Twitter handle? At Matt Schneidman, just my name, all lowercase. Oh, there you go. So that's two of the three people on this podcast that are verified. I'll let you guys on the audience decide who was. <laughs> I the, didn't know where you were going with that one. <laughs> Chris knew. Chris knew where I was going <laughs> I with that. Tell. Coming soon. We appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast, man. We'll catch you guys after the game. Shout out to Matt for joining us. Shout out to everyone listening on Spotify, the Athletic, Apple, and everything. And shout out to our YouTube subscribers as well. We are still on a path to a thousand subscribers we're getting there hit that button tell your friends to hit that button tell your mama to hit that button tell kevin king's brother to hit that button so we can get to a thousand uh until next time folks we're out you see, I don't have to drive me,
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.